This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapers, we're back at the Geekscape booth for day four of Comic-Con, if you include preview night, and I'm here with our good friend Brian O'Halloran. He's got Clerks 3 coming up, and he's been kind of shepherded all over doing Q&As and pictures and all that stuff. How's it been? Are you keeping up okay? Yeah, absolutely uh, doing great. It's good to be back here in San Diego. It's been a, quite a few years, uh, but we're here now with this, and uh, it, the reception couldn't be any greater for us. Uh, the people turning out over at the pop-up movies that we have over at the Tin Roof restaurant here in the city, but also the uh, Lionsgate booth set up literally a uh, replica of the counter of the Quick Stop for people to stop by, get their exclusive posters, the exclusive bags, and then uh, photo ops with us to, and, and to chat. Uh, we have our, Q, our, our Hall H big uh, reveal panel today, 6.30 this afternoon, so uh, I look forward to seeing the reception to that because, you know, Hall H, if you're playing the Hall H, you're in the big room, as they would say, uh, I hope the fans come out and uh, enjoy what we're going to show them. Have you done Hall H? Did you do it for Clerks too? No, didn't actually. Funny enough, uh, it was uh, Kevin. Kevin had done it. I had watched him do it. I've been in the hall when when there's been you know announcements or other things, but actually getting on stage this will be my first time getting on the stage of Hall H. So uh, it'll be interesting. So if Kevin gives us uh, some time to say a word and get in there, well, <laughs> maybe you'll hear me speak even on Hall H. You know what you should do? Upstage them by coming out dressed like a Marvel superhero. And then you get like the Marvel fans who are like, oh, wait, is this going to be a thing? Dress as one that hasn't been in the MCU oh, yeah, and yeah. just start some shit up. Start some rumors. So I'm either going to be Mr. Mixelplex or Mephisto. Whatever you want to do. Either one of those. I'm, I think I can fit that, that genre pretty quick. Yeah, either one. You're going to either piss off DC or you're going to piss off Marvel. And then all the attention will be on you. I don't know what, how Kevin will react to that. Oh, Kevin always is. Listen, if you, we, I heard he was cursed out by Shatner this weekend, so uh, jokingly. On, it, it's on video at, at their uh, Shatner Hall uh, H1, so it's pretty funny. So he, uh, he, he doesn't blink in the eye of anybody uh, cursing him out or upstaging him. He knows how to bring the focus back to him, that's for sure. Um, with Clerks 3, I talked to Marilyn a couple of days ago on this podcast, and she said that there were a couple drafts, that, uh, you know, and, and even yeah. theatrical reads that were earlier drafts of it. 
but it seems like Kevin and what he went through with the heart attack was the impetus for like reevaluating the script, just like fatherhood was the was an impetus for doing movies earlier. Yeah, Jersey Girl. Jersey Girl was his uh, you know ode to fatherhood movie. Beautiful movie, by the way. And oh, totally overlooked. Totally got the shaft. It is one of my favorite of his films. Listen, if, if the title card said directed by Christopher Columbus, the guy who did like you know. Uh, Mrs. Outfire and every other kind of family kind of fun film. People were like, this was awesome. But because it was like, it's not Clerks 2, they got a little upset. But as far as this, the, the Clerks 3 first draft script, which was like seven, eight years ago, uh, it, was a darker, it was a darker take on where the Clerks were. It was a darker uh, time in, in just Kevin's thought process. And, it, and, you know, when Jeff read it and I read it, and it was something very different. And I was kind of like, wow. And Jeff was like, yeah, I don't know if this is what we want to do. Um, but thankfully, you know, we had time to think about it, and unfortunately, Kevin went through his heart attack. But obviously, is in recovery. Obviously, uh, thought, hey, man, this is where what real life is about, and and to put that kind of hilarious moments that you loved about Clerks One, and bring in those touching moments and those serious kind of life moments that we had in Clerks Two, like the jail scene, you know, where we're we're struggling with what are we going to do with our lives and Randall comes with the epiphany like what I would do is I would buy the store and run it ourselves that kind of level of love and stuff and, and the Rosario Dawson character Becky is back just brings a really great kind of best of all the worlds that is Clark's dude I love I love the trailer I love that it had the heart and I love seeing you on the big screen we're excited to see this dude I, I, uh, I look forward to seeing what the audiences think uh, comes out uh, Fathom Events September 13th and 15th but we're also doing the uh, Clerks Roadshow tour of the film. So uh, we start in New Jersey, of course, uh, the beginning of September, and we'll be touring it all the way through December. As a matter of fact, we just announced uh, four new cities on the tour. You can go to clerks3tour.com, or you can go to clerks3.movie for all that information for both the Fathom events on September 13th and 15th, uh, and then the Clerks Tour coming to a city near you. And we'll be announcing more cities every week. There'll be a new release of four to six to ten more cities until December hits. And uh, we'll see. You know, it all depends on the demand, too. There's been a lot of reach out from all these other uh, theater owners going like, well, we want to be part of this. Well, we want to be a part of this. So uh, more keep being added every week. So uh, we're, we're looking. The first release was the first 19 cities. Today was four, or this weekend was four or five more cities, including Canada. So Toronto, Ontario, we're coming for you. Detroit was just added. And Grand Rapids, Michigan. So uh, we're, we're hitting the cold north. That's awesome. Uh, and also our, our neighbors here at the booth, Legion M, are a part of this. So uh, Brian, we want to support our friends. We're excited to go to the theater, no matter when you roll through, and watch the movie. And dude, you're always having a home. You always have a home here at Geekscape. So whatever you need, dude. Uh, we met years ago here in this very uh, building uh, at another San Diego Comic Con and partied on a roof and had a whole bunch of other really great times. And it's always good to come back, especially San Diego, catching up with everybody. And uh, thank you for uh, giving me the home here at Geekscape. You guys do really great work and. Uh, you're running, right? You still run? You're still I love running. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying not to turn this into a running no, podcast. No, I, I'm not saying that, but I, I, I follow you on your social media, and I'm like, you're always doing some great work for really great causes, so uh, keep up the good work, and uh, I hope you have a successful weekend, and we'll see you next time. Dude, thanks, Brian. Geekscapists, if there's one thing that we love about San Diego Comic-Con, it's making new friends. Jason Inman and Ashley Robinson are at the booth right now signing, but they're old friends. But they introduced me to my good friend, uh, Eric Burnham, who's a new friend, he's a friend of, uh, of Jason's, and uh, he's writing 
a brand new Ninja Turtles 89 comic. You've done a Godzilla book. You're doing a uh, Bill and Ted book. A lot of IDW uh, licensed stuff. But um, how'd you get into it? Oh, God. The short version is I was laid off in the early 2000s for my job in radio and uh, just started hanging out on the Internet talking to people about comics because I live in a town without a comic shop. They were always complaining, saying, uh, you know, these, these books suck. We could do better. We decided to put our money where our mouth is, did an anthology, and I met people and got, you know, more gigs step by step until I wound up doing that full time writing, writing other people's IP. And... That first anthology was your idea. That was like an original story, correct? Or was it a themed anthology and it was kind of co collaborating with other people along a, like a, a story that's not yours? Was it your story? No, no, it was my story. Uh, it, was, it was a pun title. Uh, the character was called Nick Landime, which Nick L. and Dime. Nickel and Dime, yes, I was very oh, clever. Okay. Uh, but it was, it was a humor story in a book with no other humor stories, so it stood out a little bit for that. And, uh, yeah, no, we, uh, we wound up doing a run of about six of the anthologies, and I did a one-shot of the character. And then from there, I met Tom Waltz, who later became an editor at IDW. He did his first book with Shooting Star Comics, which was uh, what we put together to do the anthology. Um, he got in at IDW and asked me if, he wanted to, asked me if I wanted to pitch some things. I, I said yes, and it just turned into from, from a Gene Simmons horror anthology to a team to Ghostbusters, which I wrote for ten years. Wow, you wrote Ghostbusters for ten years. Did you enjoy it? Like, what kind of stuff do you explore as a Ghostbusters? Are you you're a Ghostbusters fan? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I well, I like I like stuff that uh, that's lighter hearted. It's you know humorous, good nature, and uh, laughing at the supernatural because I'm a gigantic scaredy cat is a fun thing to do. <laughs> um, and and that's what I did for ten years. They just it, the voices are clear in my head because I watched a lot of movies growing up, and all those Saturday Night Live guys, I can hear them clearly. So it was not a chore. It was just it was fun. It was good fun. It was it's better than uh, actual work. You know, oh, manual totally. labor. I love it. Yeah. And now you've got this Turtles '89 comic coming out, yeah. and that I mean, we can talk about that, right? Sure, like the yeah. that's an IDW title that's coming out when? Yeah, uh, I'm. Not how much sure if it's September or October, but it's based on yeah the the old uh, the old eighty seven the animated show, and uh, they're just they're just done in ones you know episodic, uh, silly humorous breaking the fourth wall like the show did and uh, you know it's the thirty fifth anniversary of the show we we figured out when we were putting a book together we didn't know it when we, when we started but we said oh we can lean into that uh, it's. Yeah, no, it's just it's just a it's a, just a silly blast, not too serious, which is is kind of a relief to write right now. And were those like originally the, were those Archie titles back in the day? The Archie was doing those like I, I used to read them all the time, and they were like one shots where every every issue you get a, a story. So that's your framework. Um, is there a chance to integrate any of the stuff that's come since the cartoon? Maybe some of the characters that have been introduced, and then you're giving them kind of a retro feeling. Uh, well, the first, uh, we're, we, we're in for four issues right now, and those are all Nickelodeon picked the ones that they wanted to do. I, I, I shot them like 20 story ideas. They picked the ones, but if it does well, then yes, we'll, we'll do more. And as for integrating stuff that's come since, the answer basically comes down to whether or not Nickelodeon says yes. If they say yes, absolutely. If they say no, well... Yeah, and uh, Eric, have you played the new video game that they have out that has that the rec retro arcade style? Uh, oh, I've downloaded it. I'm waiting to get time to play it. I've I just fell into a little deadline hell uh, that I had to catch up with. I wanted to catch up with everything before San Diego because uh, you know I'm going to be useless for a week afterward, and uh, nobody's nobody's going to want to wait for the scripts. But these this video game, having played it, is such a love letter to that era. Yeah. The the arcade, the the comics. 
the cartoons. I think you're going to love it. And what system did you get it for? Uh, PS4. I downloaded the PS4. And, and yeah, no, I've, I uh, was visiting some friends. They were playing it, and I, I just itched to, to get in and steal the controller away. Let me! Let me! Um, but yeah, no, it was. Uh, it, it looks good, but I know I'm just gonna gonna uh, fall into a little bit of a rabbit hole and play for hours on end. So I have to catch my work up before I can do that. Dude, luckily, it's a it's a short game, but I suggest playing it with friends. It's the most fun I've had this year playing a video game with a nice group of friends, just going and yelling at each other. <laughs> um, dude, enjoy, Eric. It's been great making making new friends and, and talking about it. When you when the book comes out, let's get you back on Geekscape to talk about a little turtle power. Is that cool? Absolutely, anytime. Geekscape, is there is a party going on at the Geekscape booth. I blinked, and uh, who came by here? Eric Francisco, who used to write for us. He's now at Inverse. And uh, who else? We had Burke Sharpless, who you got to meet yesterday, co-writer of Lost in Space, co-creator of Lost in Space on Netflix. And uh, now we've got a full booth. i got to do this interview two at once. Uh, John Booker is here, and, and uh, you, you've never been on Geekscape. Um, introduce yourself to the Geekscape. Tell them why they need to subscribe, subscribe to your podcast and know your name. Long-time listener, first-time guest. I am so honored to be on Geekscape. I can't believe it. This is the highlight of the con for me. John Booker, creative director for the Joseph Campbell Foundation, host, co-host of the Skeleton Keys podcast where we look at mythology and pop culture. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of stuff out there in the nerdosphere, the geekscape, if you will, or even if you don't, even if you won't. But I got to tell you, there's nothing better than getting together with my tribe of fellow storytellers and fellow story lovers and dreaming in our imagination about these stories that date back to the ancient past that we're finding some new way forward into the future by going back to the future, returning to these narratives that we've always known, reminding us who we are and what it means to be human. That's what my work is about. That's why I'm here with the two of you. And that is why Geekscape is so important. You build community for people like us that are trying to make the world a better place by uniting people through the stories that we gather around. Jonathan, I see that look on your face. I'm a chaos agent. What are you talking about? <laughs> and that's what makes the world a better place, right? It's innovation through disruption. I've also been known as a coyote god, Loki, yes. the, the mischief maker. I come in many forms. Yes. Geekscape's just my latest form. Let me just tell you what. Those many forms... <laughs> Or what we need. Because some days, honestly, we need the chaos. We need you to come in, blow up the world. You've got that joker energy sometimes that you bring in. But honestly, other times, we need that low-key, nuanced, complex energy that, yes, sometimes I'm here to be the trickster. Other times, what I'm here to do is actually connect the threads of the multiverse together to find a through line that perhaps you... Yes, you, dear listener, are able to see yourself in. Jonathan London and Geekscape, they're a mirror. How are you seeing yourself? Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely a conduit for something. I come into my booth, and there's a bunch of friends coming by with Eric and Burke and John and Adam. Uh, that is kind of what Geekscape was for the whole time, was connecting people to each other and being enthusiastically uh, just, just sort of like, oh, I'm into that too. This is amazing. We should hang out. And now I've got you guys meeting. Everybody's kind of meeting each other. And the saddest thing is Heidi's doing the signing, and uh, we're totally blowing up her signing uh, in the background. You're very rude. 
<laughs> yeah, very rude. Um, so, Adam. Yes, sir. Legends of Tomorrow. You were Gary Green. You got to hang out with superheroes. Yes. Exist in the DC Universe. Yes. Uh, then, now we're in Tomorrow. You were the Legend of Tomorrow. Now we're in Tomorrow. And Tomorrow means that you do, you're unemployed. <laughs> tomorrow means I am without a job. But... Uh, I get to be here in the Geekscape world. I, I got to say, I never considered myself a Geekscaper because I was always a nerd and a dork. I didn't know that one could go from nerd and dork to geek. I thought geek was sort of a different level that I always uh, wanted to reach and I could never get there. So just to be near you guys and such an eloquent man here like John... The, the, the beautiful narrative that he twirls together about the past merging with the future. Well, the past was uh, unemployed, and now the tomorrow is the same. But you know what? Things are going to change for the better for all of us. And Adam's here with a... And, 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 and Adam and I have known each other since undergrad, so he's not going to butter my biscuit like John will. Uh, but he, you know, let's, let, I'm, let's not joke. Adam is here with a film. It's premiering as part of the, the, the Comic-Con Film Festival. Yes. I don't know if it's a premiere, but the short is playing at the Comic-Con Film Festival. Yes, it's and, uh, yeah, so he's still working. Absolutely, yes. Uh, I'm still working. The short is premiering tonight. It's called One in Two People. Oh. It's a little bit of a thriller, a little bit of a horror, a little bit of a uh, mental health exploration through darkness and the depths of the human condition and it's gonna be lots of fun and there's gonna be a panel and we're gonna chat about stuff and it stars Ewan McGregor is that what you're saying John it's true Ewan McGregor is the star I could not believe that Adam was able to pull it off but that's what geeks do no, don't start with that you're starting rumors <laughs> Adam, Adam, Adam chose enough scenery that he's the star of anything he's in. You're the lead character in this, right? Uh, yes. Well, it's a little bit of an ensemble. Okay. Ensemble. Okay. And okay. I am, uh, one of the ensemble in this piece. Uh, it takes place on the streets of Paris, and there is a, a beautiful woman walking down the street, and she splits into two people. It's one in two people. Yes. Spoilers. I'm glad you're. Uh, yeah, somebody's been eating from the. Uh, Food that was left out overnight from at the, the cafe here. The, the, you've been eating at the Geekscape Gummy Bowl. <laughs> you put a microphone in front of this guy, and you start splitting into multiple personalities. John, I actually have a, a, a question I just thought of yeah. as this dude split into seven different characters. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of multiverse stories going on right now, John, and, and uh, classically, I don't know if those existed, but but uh, you're the man who to ask, why do we have somebody, why are we exploring this at the moment? Well, you know, this goes back to our most ancient mythology, and specifically to Hindu mythology, where you would have so many different multiverses going at the same time, and you may have one character in one story that takes a male form in another character, that character takes a female form in an, another story, it take, uh, that character takes an animal form. So we've got these stories that date back thousands and thousands of years that really what the multiverse is about is about crossing dimensions of reality. And that's something mythology has been fascinated with since the beginning. But why in 2020, 2022, why are we exploring it so much in the popular culture? Why, why do you think everybody's into it now? I think we're afraid. I think we're afraid and we can't quite deal with the reality that we seem to be living in. And our imagination goes to what if 
other realities existed, maybe better realities. There was a guy named Rene Descartes, right? Back in the day, Rene Descartes had this idea about the mind-body split. We call it big fancy term Cartesian dualism. But what we're really talking about here is Am I just a brain in a jar that a mad scientist is sending electrodes to? Or are you people really here? Maybe I'm the only one that's real in this entire multiverse. We've been, we've been really fascinated by this idea of consciousness and reality, and the multiverse is just our new exploration of consciousness in, in reality. Wow. And it comes out of the fear of being stuck in this one and hoping for something better. What if that's all there is? What if this is all there is? That scares us to death. And honestly, there's a lot going on in the world that kind of scares me to death, right? I, I sometimes would like to hop on that rocket ship with our friend Elon and go to Mars or where, wherever, you know. But we, we, we fantasize about a world where these problems don't enslave us. We fantasize about a world that maybe, maybe is better than this one, even if it's somewhere over the rainbow, even if it is uh, in, in a, a land, uh, a galaxy far, far away, or even if it's in the land of the lost. We create these worlds to provide a place in our imagination to escape to when this reality just becomes too much. Um, the one thing with that idea though is if you do go to Mars you're stuck on Mars with Elon Musk and you know like he's not going to be your helper you're going to be his helper yeah could you imagine can I go back to earth where I don't have to give you biscuits where I don't have to rub your feet Elon like this stinks man you gotta you're gonna be working for Elon if he gives you a ride to Mars there is a payment. We all know now Elon Musk is actually a, a robot. He's not, uh, he's not actual, actually a human being. He exists in a temporary plane of robotics. He's not somebody that actually, yeah, he's a, he's a figment of our imagination. He's artificial intelligence manifest. You heard it here first on the Geekscape wow. podcast. Breaking news. Wow. Breaking news. John also got into the gummies. <laughs> and uh, the multiverse is the theme here because... You got the split have, personality one going be, on, can too. Can I be point-counterpoint on the multiverse? I'll be a slightly more cynical on the multiverse, which is, hey, how do we make Spider-Man and have all three of the stars in the movie? Let's just do a multiverse. I'm taking the business approach because I am pro-Elon Musk. I'm a capitalist, and uh, I don't want to go to Mars because I'd rather go to Hawaii. I'd rather sit on a beach than wear like a, like a breathing mechanism to be floating out in an endless space. And then... And then scared that I'd be like George Clooney in gravity and flying away. How horrifying would that be? Rather just be on a beach. Spoken like somebody who spent a lot of time on a TV show where they jump realities. <laughs> Spoken like somebody who spent a lot of time on a certain CW show in a spaceship jumping realities. Hashtag save legends of tomorrow. <laughs> Dudes, thanks for joining me. Have fun at Comic-Con. I'm going to have to fist pound because I'm holding a microphone. Love you guys. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Geekscapists. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Geekscapists, this day is turning out crazy. Uh, this, this is insane. We've had WB stars in the booth. We've had uh, all sorts of uh, intellectuals in the booth. We've had writers in the booth. We've had comic book people in the booth. We've had, well, Heidi was in the booth, and she had to share the booth uh, with, like, seven people behind her because it was becoming a fun fest that there were more people in the geekscape booth at that point than were on the floor uh but i don't see why not because it's a cool place to be 
And speaking of being in the booth, we've got our own crack correspondent, yeah. Caitlin Cornell Crusoe, who's actually a celebrity now because uh, during the Sandman panel, she had a... Um, she got up on the big screen. I did. I had a question. <laughs> I asked a question, and I got to gush to Neil Gaiman about how he changed my life. But look what she's wearing. The Don't Hate Create shirt. Uh, so, Kaylin's wearing the Don't Hate Create shirt, and she got up on the big screen and got to talk to Neil Gaiman. And a friend of mine was in the, uh, in the audience and took a picture of the screen and said, Whoa. MVP. And it was you. And I said, that's some MVP shit wearing the... Uh, don't hate creature. Because I'm so new to the the, the network, um, he didn't know that I was a correspondent. So I was just repping, and I rep real good. Apparently, yeah. did it well, did it great. So you got to ask Neil Gaiman a question during the same man panel. What, what was the question, and what was the answer? The question was okay. Let me try to. I have notes, guys. I'm she sorry. has notes. She's a real correspondent. I hate to tell you, Shane, I but uh, if you want to come back as press, you really have to step up your game because uh, Caitlin's where it's at. So my question to Neil Gaiman, um, we were there for the Sandman panel. They did a lot of cool um, clips and behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, a lot, a majority of the cast was there. Um, they recognized Gwendolyn Christie for her gender bend of Lucifer, which was really, really cool. They talked about how it's so different than the comics and where it came from. Um, and uh, they talked about the spirituality and the lore behind the Sandman and how it's changed in the last 30 years. Um, Patton Oswalt was there with his new character of the Raven. That was really cool. Um, he's been a fan since the very beginning. Uh, he actually got Neil Gaiman to sign his copy, which he talked about. Um, and he had to play a new character that didn't know anything. And he, he was hard because he's like, well, the actor knows that all this other stuff. Um, but here's what I wanted to know. Uh, here's my question. Um, Neil, as a creator and an artist, you have also grown since The Sandman was first released. Um, and it was in part to all the different collaborators that you've worked with. What is the balance of doing an accurate portrayal of the original material for your audience, who is expecting that, and letting it breathe and change as you have? To which he said, do an accent. Um, what did he say? He said... <laughs> you got to be careful. And uh, no, no, we're gonna, we're, we'll, we'll get the answer on your show. Yes. Okay, so Caitlin has been in Hall H since uh, eight. about 8 a.m. this morning. You got to see the DC panel. Yeah, I got to see the Warner Brothers panel. Uh, Warner Brothers panel, which was all DC. There was no other Warner Brothers related content. There was no new films. It was just uh, the opening of Shazam, The Fury of the Gods, uh, which is the Shazam sequel, uh, what they've lovingly dubbed the Shazamily. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, the Shazamily. Okay. We're kind of like the Geeks Gamily. Yeah, I like it. The ma the Amily, the Mamalamily. Um, and they revealed that their big bads are the daughters of Athena, which are played by Helen Mirren, Rachel Zegler, and um, Lucy Liu, who was also at the panel. So we get some really, really badass women in this universe uh, while talking about family. So you got two families kind of warring against each other with the power of the gods. Uh, and then, of course, what everyone has been talking about since it happened, um, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, um, entering Hall H as Black Adam in the costume with the smoke. He was, like, lowered from the ceiling or something no, like that? he was raised up from below. <laughs> they turned all of the lights down. The smoke happened. Um, Pierce Brosnan's voice is, like, booming through the canvas, like, you have the choice to blah, 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 to do something. And then he rises up, and the screens start spitting lightning and it, they, they matched it to where his hands would be. It was like a WWE entrance. I, my little kid was like... That is awesome. It was the best. Um, they revealed in the panel that 
the three um, younger characters that Pierce Brosnan brings in to stop Black Adam are called the Justice Society. So the Justice Society is officially confirmed as in this story. Um, it is the same director as The Jungle Book, which is how um, Dwayne Johnson met him. Um, and then at the end of the panel, they handed out to everyone in Hall H um, IMAX tickets. So when the movie comes out, everyone in Hall H will have an IMAX screening of the film. That's pretty awesome. Um, what about some of the stuff that's not DC-related? Was there any Game of Thrones going down? Um, there was a Game of Thrones going down. The prequel is coming out August 21st. Um, it's called The House of the Dragon. It is the story of the Targaryen dynasty at the height of their reign. It is after um, George R. R. Martin, who was at the panel, he's got such a lore in his head, and GOT fans will know that he based a lot of his stuff on history, and the history of Game of Thrones that Game of Thrones was inspired by was the War of the Roses, and this was inspired by what's known as the anarchist section of history, um, where there was a, a issue with who was going to be in power and who was going to be the heir to the throne. So it is a, a mark of their king has no male heir. He has a male brother who is played by Matt Smith, who is a little bit of tyrannical, and he's got a young daughter. And uh, it is a question of whether the daughter will actually be able to run the throne or not, because it has not happened before, and it is a family battle. It is like su Succession meets uh, Game of Thrones. Okay, I had written Game of Thrones off after those two seasons, but I guess I'll oh, we'll start watching that one because that actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, and and I watched the trailer for it, and you know, I being a G Game of Thrones fan, um, uh, and have and being a little bit critical of the last few seasons, I'm actually really excited to see the expansion of this universe um, using characters that we don't know before. Because the most we get of the Targaryens is two: we get Daenerys and we get her brother Viserys. And, and we don't get him for very long. And we don't get him for very long. And it's actually um, Viserys the first is the king on the throne. So we get his namesake. Um, it's going to be an interesting show. It's going to be a world that we all love and adore, regardless of, of how you felt about the ending. Um, and it's a really good cast, and it seems like they all care about where it's going. And George R. R. Martin did say that he has been spending pandemic finishing Winds of Winter. So, Amongst other things? Amongst other things. So hopefully we will get that book soon, but it is on his radar, and he did mention it. And I think he did say that it's going to deviate quite a bit from what we ended up getting on the HBO series, that he's yes. going to try and deliver two different products. So yes. we'll always have the HBO series, then we're going to see George's jam on that stuff. All right, tell me about the greatest genre show on TV right now, Strange New Worlds. There's a Star Trek panel. I actually got invited to the 10 Forward thing here in a little bit. It's like I think it's at 6.30. I'll see if I can go. I, I, if, if not, I'll transfer the RSVP to you. You're looking like Ian right now. Uh, Caitlin did something really mean. She left Hall H. People have been spending the night waiting to get into Hall H, mainly for Marvel, which is probably going on right now. And, and Ian, was Ian was back here, and Caitlin really just wanted to see Star Trek. And Ka Ian's back here hanging out with me, taking a load off, and he's like, I'm never going to get into Hall H. I got these passes last night. I'll never get in. I'm not going to see Marvel. It's all Ian cared about. And Caitlin, right standing here with me and, and Matt and I, just admits, she's like, oh, yeah, I just left Hall H. Uh, I'm going to skip the Marvel stuff to go see our friends in Critical Role. And I love the Critical Role, folks. I love Matt and Marisha. You know that they've been friends long before any of the Critical Role stuff, and here, you should have seen Ian's face sink. It dropped like it, a stone in the water. Ian's sitting there like he'd been shot, and he's like, did I just hear what I think I heard? She left Hello. the pan she left Hall H before the Marvel panel, yeah, I did. and this is the one thing I wanted in my entire life, 
and I got a effing and and it, with Twitch, Caitlin said, "Hey, here's a here's a little seed that maybe you can grow here's back a, from." Here's a, here's a space seed. Yeah, here's a space seed. Uh, people are just walking into Hall H at this point. Maybe you can get in. And I've never seen Ian move that fast. He definitely doesn't when we're recording because he's almost late every time. <laughs> uh, he came out of here like there had been a rocket strapped to his ass. <laughs> And he got the hell out of here to go to that Marvel panel. And I hope he gets in. If not, he's going to be storming in here in 15 minutes being like, oh, shucks. By that point, I will be out of here going to the Critical Role panel, which I was already planning to do. Okay, Star Trek. Tell me Star Trek. Let's okay. break it down. Where do you want to start? Okay. Rip through it. Okay, so Star Trek uh, has caught us up on the three major platforms that they're doing. Uh, of course, they've got five new shows or five shows running and two shows that they're in development. They talked about three of them, Picard, the final season. Uh, it's basically getting the band back together. They're calling the final season the TNG movie. Like, this is the last time, like, hopefully not the last time, but this is, the band's all back together. We've got Riker. We've got... Um, Crusher, we've got everybody back, and it's it's just so nice to see the reiterations and the reimaginings of these characters that a lot of people loved. It was a lot of people's first iter um, experience of Star Trek, um, was Captain Jean-Luc Picard and the USS Enterprise. Um, to which Patrick Stewart forgot that there was carpet on the floor of the of his Enterprise. Did he trip? Huh? Oh wait! Oh oh oh! And seeing it again, he was like, "Oh, there's carpet." Carpet on the floor. I didn't. Rem I don't remember that. Which, of course, like that's the most I remember out of the Enterprise. Which you know, I think it's helpful. All I th can think right now is the is the uh, Picard for fuck's sake meme, where he's like, so "You know funny. what I mean?" Ah, I, you're not seeing it, panel. But we'll do it. We'll post a photo of me doing that meme. Um, it was really lovely to see Patrick on stage. Um, it was the 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 the, the executive producing team, uh, Rod Roddenberry. Um, and uh, Beverly Crusher and Patrick Stewart. And it was lovely to see them all talking so lovely, lovingly about the fan base and, uh, and lovingly about this, this, you know, they really, Patrick Stewart turned Picard down initially and it was Alex and um, the team that basically said, we're very nervous because we don't want to mess it up for you and for the fans. And it, we don't want it to be a rehashing of what we had done, what you guys have done before. We want you to change. We want it to be, it's been a while. We've all changed when it's been a while. Um, and so to hear that kind of love and care that has gone into this series uh, was really nice and it was really lovely. Uh, and then we get Lower Decks, which their new season is coming out on August 25th. Um, the Cerritos is kind of um, in, in a stalemate at this point. Um, their captain has been taken. And so the Lower Decks engineers have to go on an adventure and find and save their captain. Um, which is a really fun way that, you know, we got Jack McQuaid and we've got a lot of great comic voice actors who love Star Trek who are able to now go off on their own adventure. Lo Lower Decks is a great anime. I don't know if you've watched it. Have you watched it? No, I, I watched Strange New Worlds and I gave up on Picard. Have, have a gander, Star Trek universe and sci-fi fans. If you like adult animation of any kind, give a gander at Lower Decks. It'll really surprise you. It, it takes some very surprising twists and turns. It's not like anything Star Trek has put out in the past. Um, and it's able to make fun of itself in a way that other sci-fi universes um, aren't able to or haven't had the balls to. You haven't seen Kenobi. I have seen I'm Kenobi. I'm kidding. I'm being a jerk. I like that, that last episode of Kenobi. I liked um, a lot. And, and I got some. Okay, no. Just listen, Geekscape. If you want the full stuff, you gotta you gotta listen to the last uh, the, the the last frontier. That's Caitlin's new show here. Frontier. The final frontier. Oh, no, it's the final frontier. I thought it's called. I know they say the final frontier. Oh, that's what but I that's oh, you're gonna get a sued. No, I'm not. It's gonna I, be fine. 
Okay. Uh, the final frontier. Okay. The final. I, I thought it was called the last frontier just to avoid any trouble with Paramount and Viacom. But yes, we now have a podcast here you're, called you're the, the Final Frontier. Matt final. produced it. Matt can Matt can pay the check. Um, so the Final Frontier is coming to the Geekscape Network. Caitlin's. It's already launched. Go look for it on a podcatcher. Uh, Caitlin's the host of that, and, I, and she'll give you more detail there. But he talked about Strange New Worlds. Talk about this in Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds is my favorite thing, and is what inspired me to to make this podcast. Um, that, and I will talk about it on my podcast. But I watched Star Trek the original series with my mom when I was a kid. Um, that was what we watched every night, and that's how I kind of like bonded with my parents and watching Kirk, Spock, and McCoy get into all of their shenanigans. Um, and 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 think more about the world that they wanted to be in, the world they wanted to create. I feel like that is something that our world is crying for right now. Um, creating an optimist, a, a radical optimism, and a radical kindness, uh, and a, a way to th- of thinking and being. Um, I think that that way of of being is desired right now, and we're trying to figure out how to get back there. And the the way to get back there is just to be it. And it doesn't say that the world won't have challenges and that the challenges won't affect you and they won't be difficult, but Star Trek is a, a safe place to handle all those challenges. Uh, Strange New Worlds harkens back to what started everything with this original series, and they're doing it really, really well. They just wrapped on season two, and so this panel was a celebration panel of how much the fan base has responded to season one and the completion of season two. Um, and they were all... It was very nice to hear how excited they all were. I think that last episode of season one was so awesome. Oh and Geekscape, is, it, it got Heidi to start watching the OG Star Trek. We went straight to the OG Star Trek. And, uh, did you, wa- did you and watch Balance of Terror? We started watching that. No, I mean, we started with the old Kirk and Spock 1968 yeah. Star Trek. And, uh, and Heidi, Heidi's into it. But she wouldn't have done it if she hadn't watched the, uh, the Pike in, in Strange New World stuff. Um, all right. Caitlin, you're going to run to the to you're going to run to Ballroom 20, the critical role. And Ballroom 20, you're familiar with it because that is where you went to the Sandman panel, or is that Hall H? Hall H was Sandman panel, so it was today was. You were on the big screen in Hall H wearing your Geekscape shirt. Yes, I was. Matt, give this girl a raise. <laughs> raise me. Ten times what we're paying. We're giving you ten Yay! times what you're paying. I mean, you get, I mean, wow, she gets better real estate than Eric Francisco on some of those movie <laughs> posters. <laughs> and, and, and all he has to do is sell his dignity for that and be like, G.I. Joe Snake Eyes is the greatest movie ever made. Hey, look, I made it to the poster. Okay, I'm Josh, and hopefully Eric will be on the show later. But, um, Caitlin. Yes. Go back to work. Okay. You're the best. Yes, boss. Geekscapus, we heard from Caitlin Cornell Crusoe about talking to Neil Gaiman about the Hall H uh, stuff. And, um,. Now we got to talk to Katie about what else she's been experiencing. There are crack correspondents here on Geekscape while uh, Matt and I are sequestered in the booth trying to hawk product. They're out there learning about all the hot products. And, um, oh, uh, hold the microphone. I don't think my headphones are plugged into this recorder. They're plugged into my computer. So there you go, Matt. Thank you, Matthew, for plugging my head. Oh, that sounds better. All right. Katie, what have you been? Oh, no, I've only been doing this 16 years. What a rookie. Uh, What have you been seeing out on the street? Talk to me. What have you been seeing on the street? Well, I mean, I've been seeing a lot of amazing cosplay. I saw a half Austin Powers, half Darth Vader. Don't know what the combo was, but it was a... 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I said this mic is not as good as ours. I had to move it. Like, all, you have to eat this mic almost. All right, I'll eat it right here. Uh, just get a little beatboxing going. Um, no. You get a little COVID going. <laughs> Yay! How fun! We are trying our best not to uh, get any of that. We're in the mask most of the day here, uh, except for talking right up into this mic, which I hope is clean. Anyway, uh, there's a lot of really amazing things out there right now. We went to the House of Dragons with Derek on the first day, and that was incredible. I got to hold a real dragon egg. What is it? Um, okay, so it's one of those experiences that you got to wait either a million years for or get a reservation for or have a press pass for. And may I recommend press passes always. Uh, so you go in and there's this beautiful display outside with like people from Dorne hawking their wares of like spices and things. And there's soldiers everywhere from Flea Bottom. Shout out to Travis Sims. Great soldier. Um, then you go in and you meet this very intimidating guy who has this giant stick and he's just like, come this way. Great great voice um <laughs> and then he's like we're hatching dragons here so he brings you up to this like booth that's just like this whole altar filled with dragon's eggs and you get to pick your own dragon egg um and you walk through the corridors of like the house of lannister or, no no targaryen um forgive me wow that was a bad thing um so and then you walk up and then you like get to put your eggs in these like hatching centers and like feel the vibrations and then you go and take a, a photo on the uh, the brand new Iron Throne, not the one that we have come to know in the Game of Thrones series, but of course the one that you will get to know from the Targaryen's legend. It's really freaking cool. Uh, I posted a photo on Instagram. It was fantastic. And uh, what else? What else has been going down? You walked like right past Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Is that right? You I sent a photo of like him, and he was like two feet away. Yeah, so um, after doing The Rock Johnson, did the uh, Black Adam panel, he came back to, there's some off-site stuff that's been happening all over town, but there was one right outside of Petco Park, and in Petco Park, there's a bunch of different experiences. Uh, shout out to the Star Trek experience that has some nice ice cream free all day today and tomorrow. It is the Wrath of Pecan, which I think is the best uh, wordplay ever. <laughs> Fantastic. Shout out to um, Sam Annas. It was so great meeting him. But yes, uh, then all of a sudden the seas parted and Dwayne The Rock Johnson walked by and he was doing a sort of a live talkback session about Black Adam with, I think, one of their sponsors, which is a, energy, a natural energy drink that they're promoting. I think it's from New Zealand because it's got the sort of haka face on top um, of their, their logo. It's really cool. But natural caffeine type of drink that's promoting Black Adam and all the new DC stuff with the, the Rock. Very sweet guy. Shorter than I thought, not gonna lie. Wait, really? I mean, I'm a giant, so it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. You got any of these bigger dragons? <laughs> uh, Katie, did they ask if you were a Targaryen and try and uh, pour molten steel on you? Or whatever? What was the thing that happened to... Daenerys' oh, yeah. brother? Oh, right. Where they pour, like, the hot lava or the dragon's breath on him. No, they did ask me where I hailed from, and I said, from way across the seas in Los Angeles. And they were like, where is that? I've never been out of Flea Bottom. And I was like, it's in Essos. <laughs> it's like going to the Ren Fair and they won't break character. Oh, and I'm like, I get it. Um, did you do, There's a Dungeons & Dragons thing? Yeah. What's that? Okay, so the Dungeons & Dragons thing, it, they took over a nightclub. It was really sweet. Basically, um, you get in line ahead of time. You make a, definitely make a reservation for that and uh, show your ID. But they will give you Dragon's Brew, which is basically like 
an orange Moscow mule type of thing with these really cool light up cubes and they bring you in they've transformed the entire nightclub into like a tavern and they have this huge special effects display with dragons flying through and breathing fire if you check out my Instagram I have a little bit of footage on that um, I'll also send it to Geekscape so that they can put that out but it's really cool um, free drink single drink but you can always you know ask for one more if you really want one but they also have a virgin one with just ginger beer and some of the other mixings and stuff it's really good did you see the trailer for the new Dungeons and Dragons movie that they pre previewed I've seen no trailers internet here stinks I don't know anything that's going on unless you tell us tell me about it like that's all I've gotten is texts oh okay so it's Chris Pine and it's like they're calling it Guardians of the Galaxy but Dungeons and Dragons and I, I'm in it. I, I'm excited for it. I'm not sure because I'm not sure how I feel about Chris Pine playing sort of the like lackluster thief that just goes on his way. But we'll see. I mean, it looks exciting. It looks epic. There's some great cast and crew in that. So um, also the um, person who's directing it is John Francis Daly. So and his team. I, I'm excited for that part. What else has he done? <laughs> Freaks and Geeks. I mean, he was in Freaks and Geeks. He's also directed a ton of movies lately. He's been really killing it. Um, Anything else that you've seen, experienced, that you got to tell the Geeks gave us about? Oh, there is so much out here. Um, I'm personally just trying to find anything Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And, okay, so I have to say this properly and uh, carefully, but is it NECA? NECA is, yes, designing some of sort of these uh, very, very deep cut Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle characters. Um, they have some really great figurines that are over there. They're not far off from Mattel, but they're incredible, original, one of a kind, um, and a lot of them are selling out. What's amazing is you're now on our day four podcast with the new writer of the upcoming IDW Ninja Turtles 89 comic. Um, so there's a lot of turtles in this episode, Geekscapist. Uh, and I got to tell you, just myself, I was super impressed by the, uh, by the artistry over at, um, I think, Mezco. They've got some amazing jam sessions over there. Uh, they've got a Godzilla license and some other stuff, but it was their original Mezco toys that they made they they're like G.I. Joe figures on crack so you'd have like characters with like beetle heads and stuff like that but they're shaped like classic G.I. Joe's uh, and so it's, it's cool there's like a hip-hop jam feel to action figures and I walked through it and I was like oh these are really cool unique figures uh, and I would love to have them but not for $120 I think my money if I spend any of it will be going over to the Ghibli booth for a giant Totoro that's like a hundred bucks. You gonna try and steal that at the end? Am I gonna try and steal it at the end? No, I'll try and buy it at the end. But uh, homie's got a uh, wedding to pay for. <laughs> I got a wedding to pay for, and I got a hotel room to pay for. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, Katie, we'll get more reporting soon. Geekscapus, I think Ian is in Hall H watching the Marvel uh, panel right now. Hopefully, he comes out of it and wants to report on it. We can hear all about. What I think is going to happen in the video, um, somebody told us what's in the video, uh, and hopefully <laughs> you can confirm it. All right, Geekscapus. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. Good to see you. Geekscapus, we are rounding out the day here, the biggest day of Comic-Con, Saturday, 
that's the fourth day we've been here. And at the booth earlier, we had our good friends Jason Inman and Ashley Robinson signing. I didn't actually get a chance to hang out with them because we were doing some interviews. We were doing all sorts of stuff. And they were hawking product, which is exactly what they should have been doing. That is what this booth is for. And Jason, he just came down for the day. He ain't got time for this funny book stuff. So if you're a listener of this podcast, know that he really doesn't care about the content and he doesn't like it and he's a fake. <laughs> That's right. That is 100% correct. I think funny books are, are beyond stupid. Bring back Western comic books. That's what we need. Western comic books. You need to be like, uh, uh, <laughs> one of these guys is like, oh, what was his name? Um, he, he's trolly. Uh uh, Bill Maher when he was like oh, yeah when he was like Trump, you give up Trump childish things Marvel, Trump was created because of Marvel movies is that what he said yeah. no he, yeah he was basically just saying like these are for kids this and that da, 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 da. and then uh, someone put him in his place uh, I'm going to tell you and this is with all no sarcasm at all the only thing announcement that could excite me today is if the Marvel Studios said we're going to do a live action version of all star western which is not even a comic book that they ever printed DC printed it Okay, so listen, we do have announcements yeah. from Marvel. Oh, God. Oh, All right? And uh, have you had a good Comic-Con? Yeah, I've had a great day. What, like, what have you been doing? I've been wandering around talking to artists. Look, Artist Alley is where Comic-Con really happens. And so I have been in Artist Alley for about four hours now, almost talking to basically everybody. That is where you find the true heart of the comic in Comic-Con. Yeah, and what, let me just translate that for you. Uh, that is where you find artists that can work cheap whenever Jason does his next Kickstarter and uh, he can do his next comic book yeah, by, by grinding those people into yes. bone and meat. Like, yeah. stop using indie artists no, that, that you're not paying, that you're being rude. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Geekscape is... I'm being I pay such my a dude. Very well. Hey, come on, look, Geekscape. Look, 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 you look, do pay your artists look, very well. Geekscape, they can't even tell me. This is, this is how well I pay my artists. Uh, behind Jonathan right now is the penciled version of the cover for Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio by John Boy Myers and he literally gifted it to me just like about 20 minutes ago. That is, I did not expect at all. I was surprised by that. He goes, well, here, let me guilt you since you're not going to pay me. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> since you're not going like, to give me what you owe me, let me... Uh, no, no. That's, a, that's amazing. Um, Geeks gave us... Jason is the nicest dude. Uh, Matt Kelly is too. Like, Geekscape just attracts you know, nice... He can't hear us right now, is he? I don't know. Uh, Geekscape just attracts nice people. people I'm, I, I think it's very well proven that I'm the least good person at Geekscape. Uh, and I, I hope you all make me better. That being said, let's uh, talk about the big news that happened. That's the Marvel panel. And yes. we're going to have Ian Kerner here yesterday to really give you some insight. All right. Some of this stuff you don't know. Okay. I don't know anything. But about I was wrong about a few things. Okay. Uh, I thought that, that Quantumania was going to be the end of Phase 4. Mm. Wakanda Forever actually is. And they showed a trailer. Namor's in it. Yes, and uh, uh, Namor is uh, uh, Latinx, right? Which I think is awesome. It's an awesome uh, uh, redo of him. Yeah, he's the dude from Narcos. And I asked El Chucho. Oh, he's Narcos? Yeah, and I asked El Chucho earlier about it. And he goes, hey! So there you go. That Win is, for our side. That is a deep and detailed response. I expect nothing less from El Chucho. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so phase five actually starts with Quantumania in February. Okay. That's the third Ant-Man movie, and you know Kang's going to be all up in that bitch. Um, there in spring, we get a Secret Invasion uh, series. There's a trailer out. There's a, ooh, okay, there's a trailer for that. I'm, I'm interested in that because I, I, so far for the MCU, I'm, 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 I can't speak my words right now. I really think I've missed not having a Nick Fury movie or TV show, so if this is that Nick Fury TV show, I'm in. 
Yeah, there's Nick Fury up a lot in that trailer, supposedly. Uh, obviously, in May, we're going to get the tentpole movie because that's Marvel Weekend. Uh, that's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Okay. The, later that summer, you're going to get the Echo series. There's not a date for that. You're also going to get the Loki Season 2. That's expected. You do have a date, July 28th, so for, the, for the Marvels. Okay. Nothing right. new. Right. Uh, in November, you're going to get Blade. So uh, maybe we'll see. November next year. November next year is Blade. Yes, November 2023. Okay. Um, fall of 2023, you're going to get the Ironheart. Uh, okay. I'm yeah. Not, I'm not that excited about Ironheart. I'm, I'm more excited about Armor Wars, which I know is the War Machine show. And is not on the slate? It's suddenly not on the slate. What? There, you're telling me that Marvel is not going to make a show with Kansas City's favorite son, Don Frank Cheadle Jr. Yes, that is his real, his real name. Look it up on Wikipedia. Uh, I'm also from Kansas City, so like that's why Don Cheadle's my boy. Uh, I'm also a big War Machine, James Rhodey Rhodes fan, and I cannot believe we haven't had a War Machine movie yet. They took away a series? Uh, it's not on the slate, but uh, hopefully maybe Ironheart will lead to Armor Wars. I think you need a little bit more armors to have armors war, uh, Armor Wars. So so I think Ironheart is... I, I think I think I think Armor Wars is going to slide to to phase six. I think you need I, well. I think you need Ironheart to introduce another armored Avenger, and then you can have an Armor Wars because so far there's no armored anything in the Marvel universe. That's true. That's true but I just think that I've I've said this for years that like doing a War Machine movie is basically like getting to do a new Iron Man trilogy, and also. He is a disabled veteran, and I will say as a veteran myself, not disabled, but as a veteran myself, that is a pocket of a niche of superhero storytelling that neither DC or Marvel has activated yet, and they are leaving money on the table with that one. Yeah, don't tell Sam Wilson that he can't that you can't follow up another superhero. I mean, Sam Wilson is he was a kind yep. of a, a cap sidekick and now he's now he's basically cap and to have Rhodey maybe take on the Iron Man role. Yeah. Uh, Yes, that's something that's going to happen. It's just not going to happen in Phase uh, 5. It might happen at the culmination of Armor Wars, but uh, following Armor Wars, or I'm sorry, I'm calling it Armor Wars now. Calling uh, Ironheart, Iron Fall 2023, you're going you're gonna to end 2023 and start 24 with another Disney Plus show, Agatha, Coven of Chaos. That's a show that I just, look, I love Catherine Hahn. I'm a big Catherine Hahn fan. Do we need this show? I don't think we do. Uh, I think it's gonna happen because she became super serious. She yeah. became super popular, and the Agatha song went viral. But um, obviously, when Wanda, who had her entrapped in a spell, sacrificed herself in uh, Multiverse of Madness, it led to the chaos, uh, the Coven of Chaos. I think that I think that her sacrificing herself in Mount Wondergore and Multiverse of Madness erased the spell that was keeping Agatha imprisoned, and now Agatha's gonna be like. Okay, Multiverse of Madness is off. Here comes the Coven of Chaos. I have a stealth theory in this. I don't think Scarlet Witch is dead. If you go back and rewatch Doctor Strange 2, when the building collapses, there's a red blast of energy. I think she escaped. No, that was her body getting, like, smacked and splurted out the sides. Uh, Jonathan, I have talked to Kevin Feige literally about an hour ago. He confirmed that it was Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen that rescued their sister. They are the new Scarlet Witches, the Scarlet Twins. Only they can stop the coven of chaos. They need a full house of witches. Okay, so if that if, if the Agatha thing is not something that you're into, no, uh, good, because later in spring you can celebrate with Daredevil: Born Again, which yes. is the series with Daredevil. You're gonna have you're gonna have Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio back for that one. So we're probably gonna see Vincent D'Onofrio in the Echo series. We might see Charlie too. I'm guessing you see Charlie a bit in the end of in She-Hulk. Charlie is confirmed for the Echo series already. 
And then um, after Daredevil Born Again, the tentpole movie for May, a Marvel Weekend 2024, is Captain America New World Order, where we get to see Sam Wilson as Captain America for the full film. It's about damn time. That's what I'm going to say. That, that, that movie, we, I, we should, it should already exist. I'm so excited for it. Okay. Okay, so not about a two and a half months, about two months later, you're going to get another big team movie. I thought this was going to be a series. It's not. It's the end of phase five. It's Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts is the end of phase five. So we're not even getting Fantastic Four in phase five. It's, it's like phase. So we, they announced phase five and phase six in this, this thing? They did not. And they, this is the full phase five. It ends okay. with Thunderbolts. Uh, they, didn't, they only announced three movies in phase six. Are you ready for them? Okay. Okay, so Thunderbolts is July 26th. It, it's, the end of, uh, it's the end of it. If you keep the pattern, okay. you're probably going to get some Disney Plus shows in there. That might be Armor Wars somewhere towards so there, Phase 4, but it won't be in Phase 5. Got it. Phase, phase 6 is about to start up again, and it's going to start up again in November when you get Fantastic Four. I am excited about that. I'm a little apprehensive about who the director is. I've heard we're going to get some more Fantastic Four information to D23, uh, but yes, give me this Fantastic Four movie. Okay, so Phase 6 starts in, in, in the end of 2024? Yes, uh, with Fantastic Four. And then in May, that tentpole movie is um, Avengers The Kang Dynasty. Yes. And then it follows up a couple months later with the follow-up, Infinity War, Endgame style, with Avengers Secret War. Yes. So, obviously, if you are a comic book fan, we talked about this a little bit early, they introduced the idea of incursions in Doctor Strange 2. So, to me, it's obvious that something is going to happen in Kang Dynasty. It might be a war versus Kang versus Doom. And it's going to lead to the multiverse fracturing, and the Avengers, of course, have to put it back together. That's right. Um, that's taking the November slot. So you get the, the May slot being the Avengers film, the King Dynasty, and then that culminates in uh, the November 7th of 2025 Secret Wars movie. Let me ask you a question. Okay. They've been asking the Russo brothers on their press tour for the Gray Man over and over and over again, would you come back to Avengers? And the Russo brothers have, kept, have said, without even prompting, that they're like, oh man, we would love to direct Secret Wars. Do you think they bring the Russos back? Do you think the Russo... Um, do I think they... Um, I, think, I think that offer has to have been made. Uh, so. That offer definitely got made because they made a kajillion dollars for the, uh, the studio. Um, Secret Wars, yes. Was the offer also made for Fantastic Four when that lost John Watts? I think that this is all a Fantastic Four story. If it follows like the like the comic books, then you ended up with a Fantastic Four movie starting Phase Six, and Phase Six is starting with Fantastic Four, and a couple months later you get the Kang saga, and then a couple months after that you get almost. I mean, a year after the Fantastic Four, you end up with the the, the culmination in Secret War. What are we going to get in that? I mean, you're going to obviously have Kang in that year. You're definitely going to have Doom in that year. There's a lot coming up, dude. Um, I, and I don't know what they showed. I, I wasn't in Hall H. I don't know what they showed. I know that Namor's in the Wakanda Forever teaser, trailer, or whatever it is. And I know that Nick Fury is all over that uh, Secret Invasion trailer. I've heard the rumors as well that Doctor Doom is in Wakanda Forever as well. So it's interesting because if you look at it, they are setting up a sort of Doom versus Kang. Here, which is very interesting because like that's a way to also make it different from Thanos. It's like, okay, we don't have just have one villain. We got two. 
and it's their fight that creates all the shenanigans. Oh yeah, let's get all Batman and Robin up in this. Let's get Batman Forever up in this. Uh, let's go throw Mr. Freeze up there. Um, what it's also doing, and why I think it's cool that Wakanda Forever seems to be an Atlantean invasion of Wakanda for the resources, and that it also involves possibly Latveria, is you start to have the carving up of different geographies of the Marvel Universe yeah. in that area. And if there's and if, and if it's Secret Wars, and it's possibly a battle world, then that is all about carving up different kind of geographies in the Marvel multiverse and having different versions of the characters fighting each other. We might get uh, Ian's beloved uh, Hydra Cap eventually. In that he's been he's been saying that there's going to be a Hydra Cap in one of these multiverse movies for a while. The end of the interesting thing about this is that no mutants as, as of yet, no mutants anywhere in this, which is surprising. But also, I think that's not true. There's a there's a mutant in Miss, in, in the Marvels. There is, but I'm surprised there's not uh, an X Men movie somewhere in this. I think we're going to start seeing them peppered in. Especially if Doom is in Wakanda Forever, I think this is a strategy of starting to pepper in the Fox properties into the rest of these movies. I think that'll. I mean, obviously, if there is a secret war that involves Battleworld or multiverses, that it, I mean, there's a Kang saga. Yeah, you're gonna you can pepper these in anywhere you want. Um, the, it's all open. We're gonna have Deadpool spinning through space and land in this place. It, it, we're gonna have a lot of the these characters all coming in, and they're being they're being brought in in desperate ways. The Fantastic Four might be the ones who were brought in as a as a whole unit in their film, but I don't see why having the negative ver uh, the negative zone introduced and uh, hinted at at the end of Miss Mar uh, Marvel that you, that that the Marvels isn't going to be about some version of the negative zone, especially with the nega bands uh, introduced. Geekscape, let's go back to the Miss Marvel special if you are like, what the fuck is Jonathan talking about? Because I think the that the Marvels is going to be a very much a negative zone involving movie and that's going to be a hint and an introduction of the Fantastic Four that we're going to get as of this a year and a half later. I, th I don't think that the Fantastic Four are going to wait for their flagship movie to be all introduced. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be peppered in and I think the mutants are going to be similar in the months following going through these major Avengers titles. Um, we're going to talk to Ian and tomorrow about it. He actually sat in the room. He saw the stuff. If he can calm down long enough to tell us, uh, we'll have that for you next episode when we talk about day five, Sunday. We've had a crazy day today. We've loved it. Um, and we, we had a DC character here. We had, uh, oh, yeah, 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 from, from my, my uh, no, Adam Sickman from, uh, from Legends of Tomorrow came in, Mr. Gary Green. Oh, yeah, Gary, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool. I didn't know he was wandering around here. Wandering around. And, uh, I think he would be interested in my pitch for a Western comic starring him. Are you being serious? Yes. Yeah, I'll text him. Okay, Adam, Adam's been a friend since college, so yeah, we'll text him. Yeah. And now you're on a t podcast together this episode, oh, really? day four oh, wow. of Comic-Con. Let's wrap things up. I will tell Adam that you love him yeah. and want to work with him. Yeah. And uh, he, he like horses. I don't know if he likes horses. I know he's crazy. I know he's crazy, but I know that you're also very nice and diplomatic and maybe can navigate his insanity. Uh, just wait till you hear what he said on the podcast. Okay, all right. But, yes, this has been a wild time at uh, Comic-Con, and I want to thank you guys for texting me, sending me DMs, telling me that you're enjoying these stitched-together Comic-Con experiences. I wish you were here with us. Since you're not, this is what I can offer. We'll be back tomorrow for Day 5. Share this with your friends. Subscribe, five stars, all that stuff that podcasters ask, ask you to do, and all you do is switch to the next podcast. Think about doing it this once. If not, see you tomorrow. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 